We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Notre Dame fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And we have another Irish crossover podcast for you today. And I am joined by the WSBT Pro, uh, Sports Director, Darren Pritchett. He is also the voice of the Notre Dame hockey team. And we are happy to have him back on Irish Crossover to talk a, a little Notre Dame puck. How are we doing today, Darren? Good, Vince. Thanks for the invitation. Always appreciate the opportunity to talk a little hockey. Absolutely. And we are we are in the midst of it. Um, it is it is playoff time. It is conference championship uh, or conference tournament time for the Notre Dame hockey program. Uh, the last time you and I sat down, it was February 10th. It was exactly a month ago today, which is odd. Uh, but they were just getting ready to go into this, the Minnesota series um and so let's let's kind of pick up from there talk about kind of the the rest of the way through the regular season I know the Minnesota series didn't go too well but after that they really picked it up uh and really finished out the regular season strong yeah it was a tough stretch facing a lot of high quality hockey teams Minnesota as you mentioned shut us out back-to-back games at the Compton Family Ice Arena, and credit to Minnesota, they shut down our top line of Landon Slaggart, Graham Slaggart, and Alex Steves. And at that point, our secondary scoring wasn't doing as much as we had hoped. You know, you fast forward, you go to Wisconsin, another top five team. Yeah. The Irish played really well in both games. They were up 2-0 in game one. Wisconsin's got two first-round draft picks on their roster at the forward position, and they're really, really good this year. 
They've got a good goaltender, and they came back and won four to two. I mean, I thought we played well, and then we had a, a wild second game, scoring four goals in the third, had the lead with 30 seconds to go. They scored with the goaltender on the bench, and we ended up mm. winning a shootout. So I thought we played good there against a high-quality team. You know, Miss Michigan State, last place in the conference. They're struggling to score. We took advantage. We shut them out back-to-back games in East Lansing. And then last weekend, it was one of those series you really didn't know what to expect. Penn State had not played in 35 days due to wow. COVID issues. And they actually led in both games one to nothing. But I thought we played terrific, solid, connected hockey. Our defense got the puck out of the zone and started transition. And not only did that top line score, we had the secondary guys chipping in. Then all of a sudden, 5-2-7-1 the wins over Penn State. Really took advantage of Penn State's defense in that particular series. So that was definitely something to build on considering we had won only three home games all year to sweep those two against Penn State. Nice little boost Yeah, to the Big Ten tournament in our house. Well, 12 goals in a two-game series, um, and I, I am far from a hockey aficionado, but even I know 12 goals in two games is is pretty impressive offensive work, no matter who you're playing. Um, was, was there just kind of a different feel from this Notre Dame offense in that game? In well, first series? Off, yeah, first off, the power play's been a lot better lately. We started four for 40 <clears throat> this year, and I would say probably the last month and a half we're up around – probably 30% efficiency, so that's a, a huge, huge bonus. That's been a big factor for us. I think puck possession is the key. Jeff Jackson stresses that. There's kind of a national perception, Vince, and, and I don't know why that's this is the case, but if you listen to a national broadcast sometimes of a Notre Dame hockey game, they act like Notre Dame's a defensive team. That's never really been the case. The problem is we always have goals against averages that are very, very good, so it seems like we're a defensive team. But Jeff will tell you any day of the week he is a puck possession coach because Vince, this is pretty simple, just like in football. Right. It's hard for the other team to score on offense when they don't have the football. Well, in hockey, if you keep the possession, if you cycle the puck in your zone, you control the puck, the other team is not going to score because they're playing defense. The whole time. And I think that's something we did extremely well last weekend against Penn State, who is a really good offensive team. But when you don't have the puck, it's really difficult to score. So I think puck possession has come a long way in improving our offense and at the same time improved our defense. One of the bugaboos that we talked about the last time we sat down was the difference in home record versus away record. And they're still. 5-10-1 and one at home, 9-2-1 and one on the road uh, to finish out the season. And you mentioned how important it was to get those last two games uh, against Penn State at home and in the dominating fashion of which they did. Do you think they've kind of put that in the backseat at this point, uh, you know, the, the issues that they've had at home? And, and because obviously the Big Ten tournament is going to be housed at Compton Family Ice Arena. You know, I've asked a couple of the players when I've had them on Sportsbeat, and I've asked Coach Jackson, and they all kind of say the same thing. It's baffling why we <laughs> struggled this year at home. Jeff made the comment this week, Coach Jackson, I should say, that he doesn't notice not having fans on the road, but he notices not having fans at home. Sure. Oftentimes, the home crowd can affect the officiating. It can affect the opposition. It can give the home team a boost. So he really believes that's something that has been missing for his team, that little boost that the 5,000 fans from the home games provide his hockey team. Otherwise, 
special teams, we've been a whole lot better on the road than at home. We had not given up a power play goal on the road until Wisconsin. And the offense on the power play has been a whole lot better on the road. So, you know, there's a factor there too, Vince, when you're in the minus goal category on special teams at home, it's very difficult to win. Special teams is a big difference maker this time of the year, and it's been a difference maker for us home and away this year. No, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, if we're relaying it to football, when you're you're giving up touchdowns and you're doing things on special teams, that affects the offense and the defense, right? So it's, it's, it's a very similar situation there. Um, I, I, I want to ask, I guess, well, let me, let me back up. You, you talk about the fact that there's no fans at home games, et cetera. We, I think we heard that the NCAA tournament for basketball is going to allow some fans in the building. I believe that's what I heard. Any chance there's going to be any fans for the big 10 tournament or is that, that, uh, still going to be zero. I'm assuming it's going to be zero. And, and from what I understand, Vince, and I hope I'm right on this, <clears throat> With hockey being in the Big Ten and Notre Dame's other sports in the ACC, the conferences are having a lot of say in what's going on. Gotcha. And did not allow any hockey fans in any buildings this year. Now, I know basketball late in the year, the the students got in and caused a little ruckus at the (laughs) Shell Pavilion for no reason. But I don't believe that's going to happen. I will say there were a couple of games this year over break in which some – Student athletes for Notre Dame were allowed into the hockey game and, and sat in the old student section, but I have not heard that would be the case. And so I'm assuming it's going to be a quiet building. Maybe they'll let family members in again. I have not, yeah. heard that, but otherwise, they have not sold any tickets to the public. Okay. I just wanted to double check. It just seems like everybody's different right now, whether they're letting fans in, whether they're not. Who knows? Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So let me. Let me ask you some uh, some big picture questions about the season. Um, I'll talk from from uh, Darren Pritchett's standpoint. Okay. Your your expectations going into this season with everything that was swirling, everything that was going on, but your expectations going in uh, were they met? Did were they exceeded? Were you know where where is this team based on where you thought that they would be at this point? Gosh, Vince, I was just hoping we were going to play, and I was hoping yeah. we were in most of the games, and a lot of credit to the Notre Dame players, the staff, the administration. We didn't have a pause. I was going to say, there was no pause for hockey. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple of moments where they had to have caution for players, you know, with, with quarantining and contact tracing and that type of stuff. But otherwise, I, I can't believe we played every game. And again, all credit to the administration, the staff, and the players for buying in to all this and making it all happen. I guess from on the ice, you know, Notre Dame was a 500 team last year. We lost some pretty key seniors from last year's team. So I was hoping maybe we would be a team that would finish, I think, on the high end, third place in the Big Ten. It just felt like Wisconsin and Minnesota were going to be better than everybody, and that kind sure. of panned out. Michigan's got a ton of, ton of young freshmen that are their best players. So they're maybe ahead of schedule. They got third. You know, we finished fourth. That's probably just about right. So when you lose some high-end players from last year's hockey team, it, it's it's a big, big change. So, you know, I guess we're probably right close to where I thought we would be. I know Jeff wanted to get the goal scoring up to three a game, and we're not there as of yet, but we're a whole lot better when we were at the start of the year. But I would say the progress we have made in the second half 
and defenseman Spencer Stasny, who is a part of our top defensive pairing, came on Sportsbeat and already said, yeah, I'm coming back next year. Now, when you're a junior in hockey, NHL teams get jumpy, and sometimes they like to grab those guys and bring them into their organization. He's a junior, and he said, I came to Notre Dame to play hockey and get an education. So having Spencer back, that is huge. We'll see if Alex Steves comes back. He's a junior that is undrafted at this time, but he is tied for fourth in the country in goals with 15. He's sixth in the country in points with 31. So he has a decision to make. We don't know what the minors are going to look like next year. Sure. But if he comes back, and I would think pretty much everybody else would come back, and then what appears to be a really good freshman group coming in, Sasha, Sasha Pasta job is a – a high-end forward in the developmental program that will be coming in next year as brothers have played for and played for Michigan at the current time. I would think my expectations will be extremely high for next year. There's no right, no reason why this team might not be a top-10 team next year. But this year, I kind of think we are who we are, but there have been players that have exceeded my expectation. Graham Slaggard has been fantastic from an offensive standpoint. He's got 25 points, a career high. He's a playmaker setting up Alex Steves. So guys like that have taken their games to a higher level. That leads me to raise my expectations for next season. What has the goaltending been like this season? Because Notre Dame has has ridden their goaltenders the last few years uh, as far as them being high echelon guys. Uh, but there was a bit of a turnover this year. So what what's the goaltending been like? Well, Dylan St. Sears has been a part of this program for five years. He's been kind of waiting his turn. I think when Cale Morris came back for his third year, that was maybe a, or actually his fourth year was a bit of a surprise since he had played so well. And we figured there might be some pro offers and there were, but none that suited Cale. So he came back. So that pushed St. Cyr back a year. He stuck with it to his credit. He's hung around early in the year. He was splitting time with sophomore Ryan Bischel, but Bischel got hurt and St. Cyr took advantage of it. I think he started, I want to say 14 of the last 15 games now is save percentage is around 930. Early in the year is around 895, 890. So that is a huge improvement. So Dylan has really come on strong, and sometimes you gain more confidence. You We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed get into a rhythm when you play more when you're playing every sure. sometimes it gets a little more difficult but you know credit to him he's been really good and he's maybe one of the big reasons why our penalty kill has gotten better the old saying is sometimes your best penalty kill player needs to be your goaltender to save the day and he's been outstanding 
coming down the stretch. And we haven't seen a whole lot of Ryan because St. Cyr has been locked in, but he's got a lot of potential down the road for this team. But, yeah, Dylan has been really, really good, and I credit him for being awfully patient. We see in college football where people get jumpy and transfer right away. He had every reason to maybe do that. He stuck sure. with it, and credit to him. It's really paying off for him and the team now. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. So let, let's talk about Notre Dame's next opponent. That is Penn State. It was also their last opponent. Um, and you talked about how big of, of a series that Penn State series was, uh, you know, finishing off the regular season at home. They get Penn State again on Sunday. Uh, that's a, tw- a high noon uh, puck drop there, I believe. And um, talk about that game a little bit. And then we'll talk about Notre Dame's, uh, Notre Dame's path through the Big Ten tournament. Well, we played Penn State four times in the regular season. Oddly enough, the last four games Penn State has played are all against Notre Dame. So we bookmark the 35-day layoff they had due to COVID issues. And in Happy Valley, the teams were very, very even. Both teams led in the third period. Both teams lost those leads. The games went into overtime, and the team trailing in the third ended up winning the game. Wow. Overtime. We were up 1-0 in game one. They tied it, won it in overtime, and then we were down 2-1 in game two. And I believe it was Colin Tyson that tied it, and defenseman Spencer Stasny won it in overtime. So those were two very competitive games, very even games. Not the case. You know, I'm not taking anything away from what Notre Dame accomplished. You wonder the layoff, fatigue, game legs, how much of a factor was that? Because we really put them away in the third period of both games, and maybe fatigue was a factor. So I'm going to respect them and say that they're going to be a different hockey team on Sunday with another week of practice, another week of getting their legs back. But I will say this, they were really banged up in game two last weekend. Their best defenseman, Clayton Phillips, blocked a shot it looked like with his hand, and he dropped his glove and his stick and skated quickly to the locker room and, and never came back. He's their best defenseman. He's a Penguins draft pick, so I don't know his status, but that's important, I think. There might have been at least one other defenseman I didn't see late in the hockey game. They had a forward playing defense late in the hockey game, and they started the game with seven defensemen. So hmm. I'm not sure of their injury status, but they are still a pretty good offensive club. It maybe didn't show last weekend. Notre Dame had the possession of the puck, and they played really well in their end, so that's a huge positive. But I'm just going to kind of say Notre Dame beat them last weekend, but out of respect to I know what Penn State has – Let's see how they are now a week removed from back in the game action and another week removed from all the COVID issues they had, you know, for 35 days as they didn't play a game in the month of February. Now, what does Notre Dame's path look like in the Big Ten tournament? What, what, uh, who would they play in the next round? How far do you see them going? Uh, Kind of put your prediction hat on as much as you can. Sure. Well, if they win against Penn State, they would more than likely have to beat two top seven teams to win the Big Ten Tournament Championship. 
With the way the bracket's set up this year, it's just single elimination throughout the whole tournament. Normally, the quarterfinals is best of three. It's just one game this year. Yeah. You beat Penn State, you come back Monday at 4.30, and you would take on the regular season champion, Wisconsin, who Wisconsin swept us at home the first two games of the year. And then, as we talked about earlier, we had a loss and a tie against Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. So, you know, we're 0-3-1 against Wisconsin so far this year. So, obviously, that would be a challenge. And if you get by Wisconsin, best guess, you're probably going to get one of the two other top 10 teams in the country from the Big Ten, the two-seed Minnesota and the three-seed Michigan. Those series were bizarre this year. The visiting team in those two series were 8-0. Oh, wow. They went 2-0 at Minnesota, 2-0 at Michigan, and those two teams swept us at home. So, bottom line is, Vince, Notre Dame has proved they can beat any great team this year. They have done so. So, anything is possible with the way they played the last month. Yeah, they, I think they could go on a run and do some damage, but – you get by Penn State, you're going to have to beat more than likely two elite hockey teams to gain the automatic berth into the NCAA tournament and also win the program's third Big Ten tournament championship. So with Notre Dame being 14-12-2 and 14, 12 and 2 overall this season, what does it look like their chances of getting into the NCAA tournament? Is it a, is it a situation where they win two games, they got a shot, or do they have to win the Big Ten tournament to get in? I can only guess because I asked this question recently. So what is the NCAA going to do in terms of deciding who makes the tournament? Because we have this computer formula, the pairwise. Right. The committee lives off of throughout the automatic burst into the NCAA tournament. And I, it was explained to me that the pairwise is not usable this year because it always factors in non-conference games. Well, we only had a few of those across the country this year. So from what I'm told, the pairwise is not usable huh. here. So I really don't know, honestly, what the criteria is. The person I asked wasn't sure, and they're very knowledgeable in college hockey. So my best guess is, Vince, they have to win the tournament to go to the big dance. So they're going to have to win three in a row to get to the NCAA tournament. I, I can't imagine they would make it. But then again, they're in a really good conference with three top ten teams. I'm not going to say anything's not possible, but my best guess is they're going to have to win the NCAA or the Big Ten tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. And w with the NCAA tournament, <clears throat> have you heard how they're going to do that? Is there is there going to be regional sites? You know, I mean, with everything up in the air, and I mean, what what, what have you heard about the NCAA tournament? How they're going to do that? They have not made any adjustments. The last okay. I've heard is we're going to have regionals, which I'm really surprised if you're going to put the NCAA basketball tournament in a bubble. Right. I'm really surprised you would send hockey teams all across the country. The old days, Vince, the better seeded teams hosted NCAA tournament games. And it right. makes a heck of a lot of sense on so many levels. A, from a health standpoint, at least you got one less team traveling. Sure. And also – the regional sites are empty most of the time. A lot of places you go, there are no fans there. The biggest games of the year should have the biggest crowds. So it's it's been a disappointment a lot of times going to regional sites where there's nobody there. There's no excitement. It should be exciting for the players. There's a lot of reasons to get rid of the regional sites, but we have not done so as of yet. But 
if there's ever a year to try something different, I would think this would be the one. Well, I was just going to say, why not this year? I mean, that that seems you've got, like you said, one less team traveling. So it's one less team that is going to have to be out of their bubble. Um, and it would be the team that everybody would assume would hopefully move on. So you're, you're keeping that team protected. And you have fans. I mean, that, well, maybe. <laughs> hopefully, right? But I just look at it this way. If you host the NCAA tournament in venues that have hosted college hockey games already this year, there is a very effective plan in place sure. to handle teams in the midst of a pandemic in terms of getting everything clean. When I go to the Compton for a hockey game, before the game, you always see those little sprayers being used on the benches and they're cleaning everything on both benches. So there is a plan in place that has been effective all year. Right. I'm not saying the regional sites can't do the same thing. Don't get me wrong, but you've got effective plans already in place with those college venues. So it would seem like a pretty good decision just to have those sites host those particular games. And honestly, Vince, you could even do this. If you got four teams in a regional, the one and the two seeds could host the regional semifinals. And you could have the other teams come in. Now, that's going to cause maybe more travel down the line. But there's just a lot of different ways you could go about this. But yeah, right now, as far as I know, we're going regional sites. Okay. Now, let's pretend the season is over. And we have moved into the offseason for Notre Dame hockey. And you kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. Um, but I want to hear your thoughts on what the offseason could potentially hold. We talk about you know, the basketball team and what they missed out not having summer and fall and being able to scrimmage with each other, et cetera. What is a normal, normal quote unquote, what does a normal off season look like for a college hockey program? Are they all together? Are they out doing, you know, with their other hockey teams, et cetera? You know, I think in the summertime, they do a lot of things on their own. They get into weight rooms, they get on ice and, and do their individual work. I know late in the, the summer, toward the fall, everybody starts coming back and they okay. start working out together. Hockey's kind of strange. You can't work out as a group until very late in the process. I think it's like groups of four or something you oh, can wow. work out together. So it's it's a little different than most. It's not like a basketball player can pick up a basketball, find a hoop, right. and find ice, which can be challenging for a lot of people. But they're really good about doing their individual work as far as I know. They get together late in the summer, early in the fall, and start working out. Tony Rolinski is, is the greatest strength and conditioning coach in the country, and he always gets these guys ready to go. So, yeah, it's, it's a little different process for hockey. And you got eight guys that have been drafted, and some other guys have the capabilities of being professional hockey players. With Stasny coming back, that's a great starting point for next year for the defense. And, again, it'll all come down to probably if Steves comes back, if he does – you've got a heck of a nucleus coming back from last year's hockey team. And then you add in a really good freshman class and Hey, we'll have some fun next year. Yeah. There's no way. What, what is the, what do you think overall? And, and obviously you're not inside every one of those programs, but uh, you, you kind of know what those teams have and, and what they might be bringing back to an extent. Where do you see Notre Dame stacking up in the big 10? Well, I would say Wisconsin would take a step back losing two first round picks Dylan Holloway is an oiler draft pick, and Cole Caulfield's the top scorer in the country. He'll go to the Montreal Canadiens. They still have a very talented roster, but that's two really, really high-end players going to professional hockey. So they could still be really good, but I would have to think they will come back a tad bit 
Michigan could be the Wisconsin of next year because their top players are all freshmen at the forward position. So another year of experience, they could blow up into something really, really good. Minnesota is always going to be good. They are just a program that normally gets a lot of the top in Minnesota kids, although we have taken a lot of good players from them through the years. So I would say Notre Dame would have a good chance to be in the top three out of respect to what Michigan has coming back. They're going to be awfully good. So if I had to guess Michigan and Minnesota and Notre Dame would be your top three contenders. And again, Wisconsin's got a lot coming back. I don't want to diminish that, but boy, that's a lot of good players lost to pro hockey with those guys going pro after this year. Well, that's excitement for the future of Notre Dame hockey, but the best part is this season's not over yet. They still have an opportunity to make some noise in the Big Ten tournament, and uh, that game is Sunday at noon against Penn State, and you can hear all of the action on 99 Live 99.9 on the radio. What's that? Z94.3. I apologize. I get getting them all mixed around. We have a million stations, and for people outside the South Bend area, they can go to und.com and get the Notre Dame radio call as well. Yeah, so make sure you tune in and hear uh, hear Darren taking the Notre Dame hockey team and hopefully to a victory on Sunday at noon. And then if they win, as you said, 4.30 on Monday? In the semifinals against Wisconsin. Okay, and all those games are at the Compton Family Ice Arena. So even though it hasn't been great to Notre Dame, hopefully hosting the tournament will be something that uh, propels them forward. No question. So we'll all be rooting on the Notre Dame hockey team. Darren, thank you again for sitting down and talking a little bit of uh, Notre Dame hockey. We really appreciate it. Anytime. Always appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So that is Darren Pritch. He's the voice of the Notre Dame hockey team. He's also the sports director over at WSBT. And you can catch uh, him on Sports Beat every weekday from 4 to 7 o'clock, except on Monday because Notre Dame's going to win on Sunday. So uh, he'll be calling a hockey game on Monday. So yeah, I'm not sure who's hosting the show on Monday if that happens. So <laughs> we're going to flip a coin <laughs> and send an application to Vince, and you might be eligible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We'll figure it out, though. We'll figure it out. But uh, again, thanks for joining us on uh, the Irish Crossover Notre Dame Hockey Edition. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button, hit that uh, notification button as well. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting station, make sure you subscribe so that you get all the latest podcasts downloaded straight to your device. And of course, check out irishbreakdown.com because there's all kinds of good stuff there. There was a Notre Dame football commit today, so make sure you go check out all the information on that. And then, of course, listen to Sports Beat tonight, 4 to 7 on uh, 96.1 FM WSBT, because we'll be breaking it all down for you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking a little Notre Dame hockey as well. So for Darren Pritchett, the voice of the Notre Dame hockey team, I am Vince D'Addario. Thank you for joining us on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.